and welcome back to the seventh episode of the Scarborough Podcast. I'm your host, Just Alonzo. I am Jacked in a tank top, and I am joined by my co-host, Nicholas O'Brien. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Mm. If you talked to me last night, the answer would be different, but You were unapproachable. Can... Yes. Unapproachable. Yes. Um, but it's okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. No, no. But it's fine, as uh, you can tell. I'm in happy spirits, high spirits, good spirits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, um, yeah. Just want to say, new mic. Yes. We pray to any god that is out there. Yes. This is better. Yes. We think it's better. Let us know. Let us know. But, uh... But, um... But, um, yeah. Um, something I wanted to, or more so, ask you and have you talk about is, well, first of all, hope you didn't miss us. Yeah. We missed the last series. Uh, blame the Easter Bunny. Mm-hmm. Damn but, scoundrel. Yeah. But during the quote-unquote Easter break, mm. Justin went to Candom Yards to see Hamden. 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 Same thing. Went to the... Yankees Orioles game. So wanted to talk about how was the game with the pitch clock. Anthony Volpe's the best player I've seen. I've seen his first extra base hit. I am pretty much Anthony Volpe's best friend. Okay. Um no. It was it was really good. The one, two, three innings literally felt like they were five minutes. Right. Not even that. Right. It would have been a two hour, twenty minute game if it wasn't for the fifth and sixth inning where there was just traffic everywhere, a bunch of pitch changes. It was a lot different. Yeah. The pace of play was a lot. Like, it was going to the fifth inning. It wasn't even two hours in. Right. Okay. It ended up being, like, three hours, I think. Right. But, yeah, that was – it's a lot yeah. different. Games are a lot more fun to go to. I was going to say, good different. Good that, different. Good different. Nice. Because it's just dead t- – because how boring is it when you're at a game? It's, like, seventh, eighth inning. Yeah. And a pitcher just nonstop throws over 20 yes. times for no reason. Just keeps stepping off. You can't do that anymore. Exactly. Yeah. Um, another funny thing is, um, one guy on the Orioles forgot the name. He got a pitch clock violation. Okay. Everyone in the stadium was like looking at it when it was at like three seconds. Everyone was like, "Oh!" Right. <laughs> so. Wait, where for? I know it's different in every stadium, but where was it? Like, could you see it from where you were sitting? Yes, but it was like straight in front of me. Okay. So like that could just be a thing of where my seats were. Right. It was probably like halfway between. The dugout in behind where the umpire is, directly behind home plate. Gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. But so far, so good. Yeah, there was right, one other cool. thing I wanted to say. Oh, yeah. I am convinced that when Judge came up, they were pumping in booze. <laughs> it was not – there is no way that many people could boo Judge that loud, especially considering half of them were Yankee fans. Right. They're, they were pumping Ar- Artificial booze. Yeah. 2020 type beat. <laughs> how, how, how can you hate Judge? Dude, it's Division rival, like, but like, hey. If, you're, if you're the Red Sox, if you're the Astros, I get different it. Different story. But every, like, maybe the Blue Jays and Rays, I kind of get that. Um, Brian just died. Um, <laughs> but just off topic. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. But um, yeah. so far, so good. But, pitch um, clock. but um. I'm just going to start doing it every time now until you stop. Yeah. That, that'll teach me. Mm. I'm getting better, I swear. You're in rehab? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm in rehab. All right, rehab. yeah, that's that for the intro. We'll see you in Da Bronx. Da Bronx. Now entering the Bronx. Hello, 
welcome to the Bronx. The Bronx. Um, so we're going to start off with the injury report brought to you by the Triborough MD. Um, first H- off, how's it looking, Dr. Alonzo? How's it looking? Let me get my... Um, <laughs> What's the damage? My uh, thingy, thing, the heart thingy. <laughs> How long does he have? Stethoscope. What is it? The heart thingy. Something like that. Thingy. The, the cold thing. The little, the little, the little like... The like... <gasps> yeah, <gasps> deep breaths. Deep breaths. Um, all right. First off, starting with Loris Severino. Um, that's how you pronounce Se- it. Severino. Luis Severino. For those who um, couldn't understand. He felt no pain after pitching a bullpen on Monday. He's throwing another bullpen tomorrow with Thursday, and we'll throw to live hitters after that. That's, like, the next step. Yep. Very good. Yes. Carlos Rodon suffered a minor setback with a tight back. Only expect to da- delay him, like, a couple of days, so you think maybe a start. Right. That doesn't seem that big of a deal. Yeah. It seems like it's one of those things where it's, like, you just pay this guy $162 million. Yeah. Don't risk it. Right. It's beginning of the season. You want to just make sure he's 100% yeah. before you throw Especially him back out there. considering everything else. Yeah. Um, And then – some injuries to catch up on from last week's episode. Um, Tommy Canley moved to 60-day IL. That was kind of shocking. Yeah. Um, pretty much the reason they did that is to get another 40-man spot. Um, Josh Donaldson, 10-day IL with hamstring tightness. It's expected to be nothing serious. I think it's just like a 10-day thing. Yeah. Honestly, just like I feel like he could have stayed on the roster. They just wanted the roster spot. Right. And it's a good thing they did. Um. <laughs> Jonathan Lewis got ten day IL with right elbow inflammation. He'll be shut down for a couple of weeks. Right. That scares me. Yeah. Anytime you hear anything elbow. in the elbow, inflammation, tightness, that right. always like that's a little scary. But we've seen nothing. That was like what a week ago. Yeah. We haven't seen anything. No updates, like, right? Which is good. I guess no news is good news. Yeah, because I feel like it would be a thing of like the only update we would see is like oh he needs Tommy John or something like horrible right. like that. Yeah. So that's good. Um. So, yesterday, Tuesday, Gleyber Torres in the ninth inning got a hit. He ended up tweaking his hip flexor. He did not start today, but he pinch ran for Stan in the ninth inning, scored right. the winning runs. Oh. We'll get into that. Um, DJ LeMayhew, quad tightness in his day-to-day. Right. I think that's another one of those just, like, Give him playoffs a day he or plays. Yeah. He'll probably get, like, a day or two off, maybe three, just right. to, like, because he's older. Yeah. Um pretty much it that is your injury update brought to you by the Trevor omd thank you dr um, alonzo you're welcome dr o'brien <laughs> um just a cool story i saw this is a quote from an article by brendan cuddy it's talking about uh jason dominguez and nick swisher mm. uh but when swisher talks about top outfield prospect jason dominguez he ascends to a new level Imagine a golden retriever after a bowl filled with a Red Bull. <laughs> I just thought that was such a, like, funny and awesome quote. Yeah. That what a comparison. That is a great <laughs> quote. Um, I guess you could say Nick Swisher is a fan of Jason Dominguez. <laughs> and I'm also a fan of Spencer Jones, but we will have to wait on that. Yes. Um, all right. Getting on to the recap. Game one, it was a 3-2 to two loss in Cleveland. On the bump, he got Domingo Hermans versus Shane Bieber. Top of the first. It was bases loaded. No outs. Giancarlo Stanton double. 2 nothing Yankees. I want you to guess if they scored any more runs that entire game. Um, they did not. I will go for no. Um, bottom of the fourth. IKF misses an easy double play ball. Two more runs scored, so it's 2-2. Fulton Brewer comes into the game. Bases loaded. No outs. He just Bumps right on the table. He says, <laughs> you are not getting on base. He 
he gets out of the base loading jam and throws three strong innings. Love that. I love Colton Brewer. <laughs> um, I have no idea who this guy is. I love him so much now. Um, then in the bottom of the seventh, Josh Hamilton got a sacrifice fly off Ian Hamilton. Then top of the eighth inning, Labor Torres leadoff triple. Mm. You have Judge Rizzo Stanton. Surely they brought him in. Check swing fly out, strike out, try out, strike out. Surely they got him in. I just wanted to highlight <laughs> one player in this game. Isaiah Kaina Falefa. Mm. One caught stealing. One botched double play ball that were the deciding two runs. One double play hit into when it was still 2-2 that killed a potential rally. Mm. I just wanted to highlight Just putting that. it out there. Do, do with that what you will. Domingo Herman went three innings, two hits, two runs. Only one of them earned because Isaiah kind of for Lafa sucks. Um, five walks and zero strikeouts. I didn't think he pitched horrible. I yeah. think he would have been out of the inning with that double play ball. Would have been no runs. Maybe could have got more length. The five walks is... Concerning. In three innings? That's... Yikes. So Almost like that two is, per inning. That is concerning for sure. Definitely. I think he pitched better than the stat line shows. Okay. I think he could have maybe gone five. Right. He didn't have control, like a lot of control, but I definitely think it would have been a lot better had it not been for those... That misplay double play ball. Right. Yeah. Um, Shane Bieber, you know the guy that they had about thirty inning, thirty pitches in the first inning, scored two runs, had second and third no out on, seven innings pitched, five hits, two runs, two earned runs, three walks, four strikeouts. Shane Bieber, everyone. This Not goes, Justin. This goes back to the issue I said, either first or second podcast, like during the season, of. Sometimes they'll get a guy on the ropes in the first inning, second inning. Right. And then they just stop. Can't knock him out. Like, Bieber was like, he was on a platter. They could have right. knocked Bieber Bleeber. Bleeber. Uh, out in the second or third inning. Yeah. But they kind of, I'm pretty sure the bullpen was warming up in the first inning for Bieber. Right. They just could not deliver that final blow. Sounds familiar. And just, that's definitely one thing, again, yeah. to keep your eye on. Um, all right, game two. Well, if there was any questions about the offense in game one, they did a double bird and <laughs> to the fans and said, we're going to score runs. The a game two was an 11-2 final for the Yankees. Garrett Cole versus Hunter Gaddis. Poor Hunter guy. Gaddis, <laughs> poor guy. He <laughs> filled in for Tristan McKenzie because McKenzie is on the 10-day IL. I think he got moved to the 60. 60-day. Regardless. Uh, regardless. Yeah. In the bottom of the first inning, Labor with an unusual misplay in the field. He missed an easy double play ball, which then Jose Ramirez capitalized. He ends up knocking in a run. Josh Naylor sack fly to nothing Cleveland. Jose! 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 Wrong Jose. Sorry. Um, and then to end, it's actually funny. Labor made up for it. In the end of the inning, he made like a really nice play yeah. to end the inning. I think that's just one of those ones where it's like you can't be perfect. Yeah. You're never going to be perfect. Right. I think that should have been an error. Those two runs are both charged to Cole. I think that neither of them should have been. Right. That's for later, though. It's another discussion about errors. Um, yeah. <laughs> Top of the second, Jose Trevino. Now you can do it. Jose! 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 RBI single. Jose! Make it 2-1. Jose! Top of the third, Willie Calhoun, my four foot ten king, hits an <laughs> RBI single to make it 2-2. Oswaldo Cabrera, sack fly, 3-2. The start of the legend himself. 
Franchi Cordero, three-run home run Very to bombs. make it 6-2 Yankees. Then we go into the top of the fourth. Rizzo, base-loaded RBI single for the Yankees, 7-2. Glaber double play ball makes it 8-2, whatever. At that yeah. point, you just you don't care how, just get runs. Yeah. Any runs makes it, like, out of reach. Little top of the stress. sixth, uh, Rizzo, RBI single, 9-2. Drudge scores on a wild pitch, 10-2. Uh, Top of the ninth, Willie Calhoun again, double play ball. Rizzo scores, that's 11-2. Insurance um, runs. Yeah, just, <laughs> I don't care, run it up. Right. Um, Garrett Cole in that game, five innings pitched, five hits, two earned runs. Not sure about that. Um, Two right. walks, three strikeouts. Didn't have his strikeout stuff, yeah. but you see that version of Cole a good bit where he may not have, like, that elite strikeout stuff, but he could still produce outs right. routinely. Yeah. And like I said, I think both those runs should not have been earned. Right. I think it should have been seven, two runs, no earned runs. Yeah. That's for another time. time. Then four, four, Hunter Gaddis, three innings pitched, eight hits, eight earned runs, two walks, three strikeouts. Yikes. Yeah. Poor guy. Yeah. You can say that again. <laughs> Game three. I want you to guess where I was for the first two innings and missed – a lot of stuff. I, I believe, I believe you're at physical therapy. Physical therapy, everyone. So game three was a four-three Yankees win. Top of the first. Oh yeah. Um, should mention, Anthony Volpe, leadoff hitter, first time this season. Oh yeah. If DJ's hurt, maybe a trend that you see going forward. Right. Uh, Volpe leadoff double. I want you to guess what they did with that. They scored him. No. Um, bottom <laughs> of the first. Okay. So, Josh Naylor. Ah. Yes. Hits. A ball to Aaron Hicks. Aaron Hicks catches it. First mistake. But he doesn't catch it. But he <laughs> catches it. But he doesn't catch it. And then five minutes later, the Guardians challenge. But the rule says 15 seconds. Right. And no one has any idea what just happened. Yeah. So pretty much what happened, there was one out, runners on first and second. And Aaron Hicks dives for a ball. He gets it in the glove. Then it falls, so then he kind of traps it to trick the umpire. He ends up doubling the runner at second. But they said, and then, like, everyone was off the field. The Yankees, or the Guardians were pretty much coming onto the field. Right. And then after that, they reviewed it. It's one of those things of, like. You had to see it to believe it, but no. It was, it even was then really you confusing. Don't know what I don't know what happened. Right. I think from what I saw, Hicks never caught it. Yeah. He trapped it. He sold it. Yeah. He tricked the umpire. But the Guardians just took way too long to challenge it. And I don't even know if they Terry Francona yeah. actually gave them There's like a whole thing a challenge. of like they may not even have challenged it. So right. you don't know like I don't exactly know what happened. Even like people that were watching the game. They didn't know what like, happened. What just like Right. Uh, it, it's one of those things where umpires may have too much power. Yeah, may have abused their power a little, but regardless, moving on. Um, because of that, Aaron Boone got his first ejection of the year. Um, six more. <laughs> um, Josh Bell RBI single. Jose Ramirez scored. That's two nothing. Uh, for Cleveland. The then in the bottom of the third, um, Ahmed Rosario. Oh, I forgot to mention this was um, Clark Schmidt versus Peyton. That's a name. Uh, yeah, he was making his MLB debut. Good for um, him. You know, Ahmed Congrats. Rosario Mets hits legend. a fastball. Uh, no, he doesn't. Home run. He doesn't this do ball, that. 
could not have been more middle middle if Clark Schmidt did not place it in the center. Right. Just place it on a tee and let it go. He couldn't even place it that <laughs> perfect. Um, top of the fifth, um, everyone's favorite catcher uh, in Team USA MVP, Kyle Higashioka with a two RBI <laughs> single. Um, <laughs> Andres Jimenez killed an umpire. <laughs> yeah, that was rough. So it was um, who was it? It's a really long single, was it not? Yeah. Yeah. It was. A, <laughs> um. So Miles Straw hits a cutoff man, Jimenez. Jimenez tries gunning. I think it was IKF at home. <laughs> beams the umpire in the, the head. Umpire in, the, in the side of the head. Yeah. Did not look fun. We should no. not be laughing. No. But. <laughs> it's a little funny. Uh, the, um, the umpire's okay. The umpire's okay. That's yeah. why we're laughing. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. It's and okay it to laugh. It was just so random. Was I know. It was just so like bang, bang. Yeah. Ball don't lie. Um, <laughs> bottom of the fifth. Um, I will give him credit. IKF. There was a ball that was laced to him. He caught it. It would have been first, second, no out, but he ended up getting it. Later in the game, I didn't write it down when, but he, of course, botched, botched a, a more play. More routine play. If, you're, if you want a gold glove in your career, you make that play 100 out of 100 times. Fair enough. He just thinks too. I, I Honestly, real quick, I do think it's one of those things where he was just thinking too much. Yeah. He was looking ahead. Right. So When it's, like, straight at you, like, if, scorcher. And if you're wondering why I'm getting on... I can't, and I'm not getting on Glaber. It's because Glaber doesn't do this routinely. Yeah. IKF does. Yeah. And Glaber at least makes it up with a bat. IKF has a noodle. That's not IKF's fault. Everyone That's knows just the not type him. of hitter yeah. that he is, except Brian Cashman. Anyways. <laughs> um, okay. So it's 3-2. Guardians going into the top of the seventh. Franchi the Cordero continues. blasts a home run to dead center. 439 feet. To tie it, I just new Matt Carpenter. No, he's better. He's better. Um, because <laughs> I feel like he could actually sustain some a yeah. little bit. Yeah. His car, because the whole thing with him is that he never really got like a chance, and he there was a thing that they were saying on the broadcast. He hit four fifty in spring with the Orioles. Cordero. Yeah. And they just said bye cut, bye. They cut him. I know. I don't. I I. I don't understand it. You'd think they want as many lefties as they can with that park, but yeah. um, Oswaldo. So in the top of the ninth, Giancarlo Stanton Giancarlo. hits a double. Um, they pinch it, Glaber, which just or pinch ran Glaber, yeah. which I it, was shocked because yeah, he had a hip flexor issue, thing, so he didn't so play. Why he is he him. running? So I'd assume he's okay. Yeah. Then. The man, the myth, the legend, Oswaldo Cabrera, the most fun man in baseball, RBA single off Emmanuel Class A. Very and impressive. And then the bottom of the ninth, Clay Holmes has the most stressless inning of all time. Just a one, two, three <laughs> inning. Don't look at the box score. Um, yeah. It was bases loaded, barely got the last out. Mm. Whatever. Um, Stress-free. No. <laughs> um, the pitching lines from that game, from Clark Schmidt, four innings pitched, six hits, three earned runs, one walk, three strikeouts. Peyton Battenfield, four innings, four point two innings pitched, four hits, one earned run, zero walks, three strikeouts. There was a point in this game, I think it was through four innings, the only base runner they had was that Volpe double. Right. Off of him. Yeah. Um, and then just kind of to defend Clark in the first inning, the home run, that's completely on him. Yeah. Literally could not have been more middle middle. But some of the exit velos versus exit velocity versus Clark. Is Stephen Kwan, and this is all of them. 
Yeah. Stephen Kwan, 73.6. Ahmed Rosario, 78.3. Jose Ramirez, 67. Josh Naylor, 70.7. Josh Bell, 80.6. Will Brennan, 74.3. Right. I hate the Guardians. Yes. They are so so annoying like, to watch. Peop- people want to like talk about the Mets and like Dude. how they play. You you look at the Mets and they play small ball for the most part, and then it's the Guardians on another Dude, level. Dude, they are annoying. Yes. I am so happy we are not playing them anymore. You do <laughs> not understand how happy I am to be done with this team. They are so annoying. Yeah. Their hitters just piss me off. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Anyways. So that's it for the recap. Um, just some overall thoughts I had. I told you earlier in the week I had to take about Aaron Judge. Yes. Aaron Judge has reached Mike Trout levels. Let let it simmer. Let me let me digest this. And there's two ways that I mean this. Explain as I collect One my way, thoughts. One way, just being good. Yes. Then the other way, where it's like he's just so expected to be good that when he does good, it's like, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. That people don't realize how just elite of a hitter he is. I, I I'm remembering off the top of my head because my stupid memory, but. In Judge's entire career, take out his 20 games he had in August 2016, because that doesn't count, his lowest OPS was 893. His lowest OPS plus, 143. Right. His worst year as a big leaguer, big leaguer, he had a 143 OPS plus. And that was in 2020, where he played about 30, 20, 30 games. Right. So even then, you can kind of just yes. write that Yes. And I'm pretty sure he off. had COVID that year, too. Right. So. It, it's, yeah. 2020 is such a write-off, but I don't think that's crazy to say. It's not. It's as, crazy to hear. Yes, definitely. But if you look at the stats, the past two, three years, mm-hmm. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. And he, he even has Trout beat health-wise. Yeah. I think... Because Trout actually has health concerns with Judge. I feel like it was a lot... Every injury, except I think, like... One one oblique injury was fluky. Right. So it's nothing reoccurring. Yeah. I think the one thing that Trout probably hasn't beaten is speed. Yeah, but that's also like he's one of the fastest guys in baseball too. Right. And it's not like Judge is a slouch. No, I know. Judge, like, I'm pretty sure there were multiple times last year where like not consistently. Yeah. But a couple times where like he clocked elite home to first speaks right. yeah, out of yeah, the yeah. box. Right. So it's not like he's a slouch. He, no, not he at might, all. He's a center fielder. He right, but he's bags. not going to steal you 20 bags. He'll steal you like 10, 15. He, dude, he may. I know. He stole 16 last year, but he wasn't really being that aggressive. Fair. With the if new he's rules. If Volpe's on second, he's there. He made double steal. Fair. Fair enough. So I just, it's, Mike Trout has been like the best player in baseball for exactly so many years. It's kind of like breaking the status quo. Makes right. It's like, like you don't want to break it. I can't be right. Yeah. I, I think Trout might have him beat if he's fully healthy. I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, he hit 40 home runs last year, missing how many games? Yeah, I think it was like 50. Right. So I think he might still have him beat, but mm-hmm. given the context. Look I, at them at their best, though. Trout's never had a season with Judge last year. Fair enough. So Fair it's enough. like, stop with the music out there. We don't yeah, care. Yeah, they're doing music outside. Um, Anyways. Yeah. But, yeah, no, that's not crazy to say. I mean, that's, look, he's being paid $40 million for a reason. That's why I said I had a take, but I was saving it for the podcast. Yeah, no, that's 
I wouldn't. I, it almost feels sacrilegious. It does. It does. It's a, it's, it's a lukewarm take. I'm not going to say it's a hot take because you can back it up. I think it's hot in the sense of because no one's talking about it. Fair. Yeah. You know what I mean? It shouldn't be a hot take. Yeah. But it is. It is. Um, and I kind of just, because I mentioned Volpe. Um, is Volpe just a leadoff hitter? I think it, it, it he could, should be. It could honestly just be a thing of that. Where Comfortability, like, maybe? He's just a better leadoff hitter than yeah. he is a 9 hitter. Right. I think that the lineup is a lot better with DJ5. I think DJ LeMayhew is a – I want to say what's like a quarter of a step below elite. A quarter of a step below elite. DJ LeMayhew is a quarter of a step He's below elite. Above all-star, but not quite at elite. Yes, that's him as a leadoff hitter. Right. But I think he would be an absolutely elite five-hole hitter. Right. Because you have him at the five-hole. Or even a six hole, because how Glaber's okay. doing. Right. Where either have one of them five or six, whichever, however you want to do it. With how good they both are at driving in runs, I want them to be on when everyone else is on to drive in those runs. Right. So I just think that, I think that Volpe has, like, it's one game. Yeah. One game. Like, I'm not saying, like, not saying do it right now, do it for, like, the, the rest, rest of the, of the year. year. Yeah. But if it continues this way, I think that I the best lineup is with a little bit leadoff. As long as DJ's hurt, they should test him at There leadoff. should be no one else. If Volpe's playing and DJ's not playing, yeah. there should be no one else at leadoff. Yeah. I mean, ha- was he a leadoff hitter in the minors? I think he did at okay. points. Okay. He, le- other he than wasn't, like, like, primarily. Other than, like, the first four or five games spring training, he let off every single game in spring right. training. Yeah. So their long-term plan is definitely to have him. As that leadoff hitter. Yeah. But the short term is just a thing of how long is the short term going to be. Right. No, definitely. But, I mean, I think in a perfect world, he is your leadoff hitter. Mm. He's, like, you talk about leadoff hitters. In the playoffs, he is your leadoff hitter. Yeah. He's, just like, the prototypical leadoff guy. Yeah. He gets on base. He can steal bags. He's fast. You got big hitters behind him. He can go home first to home on a double. Mm-hmm. He can steal you back. Um, he's that fast. I mean, yeah. like, he's a dare I say perfect leadoff guy. Yes, he. Remember the comp I had for him, right? Mookie Betts. Yes. He's Mookie Betts because Mookie Betts never moved out of the infield. Yeah, I think, and we're not saying he is Mookie Betts. I'm saying yeah. from a straight skills standpoint. Standpoint. He could hit twenty bombs. He'll steal you thirty bases. He is speed. He, he is, is Lightning fun. McQueen. Um, <laughs> he is about the same height. They have yeah. almost identical batting stances. Yeah. So, just it's. I don't want to compare them. Yeah. But you almost you hate like, to compare, but to put it in per- to perspective. We're comping. We're not comparing. Yeah. Even though comping stands for comparing. It's different. It's different. But they're different. Yes. They are saying a comp is different than comparing. Yeah. Um. So that's like that. Speaking of another kid. I just love Oswaldo Cabrera. I know. He he's looks, just he's so, so fun. much fun. Yeah. Um, there was a stat I saw from when I, by the way, the game I went to in uh, Baltimore, he made a very, 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 very nice diving play. Okay. A lot of varies. Yeah. Um, he leads, it's either he leads or he is second on the okay. Yankees in outfield defensive run saves. Since right. he came up, I think he leads them. Right. So and, it's then, just, and with like moving, he played th- 
three games where? in the outfield in the minors in his right. career. Yeah. And he leads the Yankees in defensive run saved and since he came One up. of the better defensive outfielders. I think – I tweeted about it when he got the hit. I do not care where he plays. I don't care where. He has to play every yeah. single day. He will give you very good as a floor defense yeah. with a good amount of pop and that, like, spark plug just funness. Yeah. And he's also a lefty. That right. helps. So I don't see how – He has the flexibility where you should be able to squeeze him in each and every day. His, I love the quote, and he says it, like, once every, like, two days, I feel – but his favorite position is the position that Boone writes in the lineup card that day. Right. So he it's just like, wants to play the game. Dude, I, I love it. I love I, it. He wasn't that. He's like the 14th ranked prospect. Right. Came up as I think like a 24 year old. Yeah. Or 23 year old. So he wasn't like anything insane. But he's just proving why he deserve. He has value yeah. on a major league team. Definitely. Definitely. He definitely should be just starting. Starting every day. at some point, at some place, in some I order. I don't care where. I you make it work. He could play anywhere in the lineup, yeah. anywhere in the field. You have to. He. You're, you're, I can see the gears turning. He's thinking of a hot take. He is almost as important to have in the lineup every day. Almost. Okay. As Judge Norgo. Just because he could do stuff that no one else on the team could do. He could play anywhere. Right. He has no health issues, so he can play 150 games a year. Guys are going to need off days. Guys are going to get hurt. Right. He should be a mainstay in that lineup every day with guys like Judge Rizzo Stanton. Right. Uh, that's, when you put it like that, You know what yes. I mean? That's, I was yes. trying to think of the words, like right. the way to word it, because that could come off. They'd be like, oh, it's good as Judge. Yeah, like, no. no. But like, it, it, in, the, in the fact that he's a mainstay, like you said, he, the fact that he's a, he should be a mainstay in the lineup. Yes. Every single day. He should if he is healthy and he doesn't play 150 games, I will do stuff that will get this podcast taken down. <laughs> um, that's Gone it for us. Before we move up. But yeah. Um, yeah. Um, my last point is what has Aaron Hicks done? I, just, I say that so much. I know. What has he done to earn his spot on the roster over Franchi Cordero when Harrison Bader comes back? Absolutely nothing. nothing. I just, every day. He just breaks. He is the prototypical lefty. He had, as we mentioned earlier, he always had this insane potential, but it never just panned out. Yeah. What if they figured it out? Right. He had incredible strength. Spring doesn't matter all that much. Or it, it can. It doesn't matter anymore. Unless it fits your narrative. Fair enough. Um, he has been on fire to start the year. Yep. And Aaron Hicks, like, just doesn't want to be on the team. There yeah. was... Granted, there was, like, two or three balls that were hit to him. They were, like, relatively hard plays. He didn't make his – I think he made one. Messed up two other ones. And it's just a thing of, like – How how long is the leash? He doesn't want to be here. We don't want him to be here. Right. It's, like, it's just one of those There's things. There's nothing like, really keeping him here. It's kind of just, eh, like – Well, money. besides a contract. But it's kind of just, like, slowly just – Yeah. Just go over there. <laughs> go Go over there. <laughs> Don't want my hat. I just do you have clock's any, ticking. Do you have any other takes on that or on Hicks specifically? Well, as it relates to like everyone else. I think we've said enough about Hicks. Mm. I, think, I don't want to harp on the guy. Yeah, my biggest thing now is like I know 
you said the exit velocities weren't much. How how long do you use the Clark Schmidt experiment? Okay. Um I feel like he gets like he gets until it is Brito, I think, solidified himself as bottom rotation. You think so already? I think well he's he already had two very good starts. Mm-hmm. He's getting another one versus the twins in game one, which we'll get into. I think unless he blows up or gets hurt, yeah. he's solidified his spot in the rotation. Brito. Yeah. Okay. I think that based off who pitches worse between Clark and Herman will be the first one to get replaced when Rodon's back. Savvy, Rodon, whoever's yeah. the first one to come back. And then it'll be the other one versus Brito. I think right. Brito wins in the long run. I think Clark has, what is that, two, three more starts? Yeah. I think he pitched well okay. overall. I just think that inning kind of like – Messed him up. Definitely. I honestly think he's going to be a very good reliever. I could almost see him as them doing to him what they did to Michael King and Loisaga, where they had him start as a starter, did not pan out. Then they move him to a reliever as like a two-inning guy, and he's just absolutely elite at right. that. Because he has the stuff. He just can't go multiple multiple times through the order. Right. I so, mean, like, what's his longest out? He What's his longest outing so far? This outing was I want it was four innings. Four innings. I want to say that was his longest. I don't think he's four gone innings. five. He never hasn't gone five. He yet. may have gone like four and third. But right. I don't think he's gone five. So, obviously Herman didn't go five either. But I think it comes down to not necessarily who's giving you the results, but who's giving you the length. Because mm-hmm. Herman went three, by the way. No, I know that's what I'm saying. Like from here on out, for like deciding who gets what spot. Mm-hmm. Because you have Sevy coming back from injury, Rodon coming back from injury, you're gonna have to baby them in a little bit. So you're gonna, there's gonna be days where you need mm-hmm. your start. Cole's gonna give you seven, six, seven innings. Nestor can give you five, six innings. Mm. Seven on a good day. I'd say six. Six? Sure. We'll say six. Give you six innings. But then you get to Clark Schmidt, who can barely get you five, or Herman, who's gonna barely get you four. You know mm. what I mean? So. Because I'm going to talk about this later. Starting pitcher length, I guess you want to call it, how far they get into the games, mm-hmm. of course, obviously deeply affects the bullpen. Mm-hmm. So how much are you going to tax the bullpen by keeping a guy who can barely go five innings? Mm-hmm. I think what you said is probably his long-term place, like that two-inning reliever. But in the same breath, how many two-inning reliever guys do you need? I feel like not necessarily you need to use them for two innings every time. You can, I feel like it's also a thing of you can never have enough bullpen guys. Fair. Because guys are going to come up. Guys are going to come down, like up and down, up and down. Yeah. Um, I w- something that you said made me think. So they're going to baby Severino and Rodon back. Yeah. Herman and Schmidt aren't going to give you that many innings. Do you think they almost do like piggyback starts? As in, like what? Rodona, Rodon, Rodon Schmidt? three or four. Schmidt, 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 like three innings. Maybe. Just to start, just to like do that so that way you can Maybe. still have them get their work Right. And you're also not it, pushing Severino or Rodon. It's a good thought. I don't know. If they'll do it. Yeah, I don't know how well in in action that would work. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like essentially using, say, Rodone, essentially using Rodone as an opener. 
I wouldn't say four innings is an opener. An opener is one, one, one maybe two, two innings. Fair. Fair and enough. It's also with him coming back. Right. So I don't. And then the other thing is, do you go six man? No. You don't think so? I don't. I think, like, if you go six man, you have to have, like, a very good six. Right. To justify going six. Okay. So I'd rather get, like, very good five. Okay. Then kind of, like, have it tail off, and then you take away a start from Cole. Like, Cole yeah. could end up losing two or three starts. Right. Like, how much... I, I just don't think it's worth Yeah. in the long run. No, just, you know, something I mm. thought of. Speaking of Rodona, we're doing the trade. Uh, we're, We'll talk about this after. Now. Now? Now. We're, we're going to do this right now? Now. Yes. Now. Uh, we're, we're talking about fantasy, by the way. Yes. I, I'm cooking, but we'll see. I'll get back to you after. No. <laughs> we're going to do this right now. now. Right, right now. now. Right now. Uh, now, right now. I'll get back to you after. Okay, fine. But um, to, to kind of just, like, tie everything in a bow. You're a bitch and you don't want to do the trade. No. Where was I going with this? Bow. Bow. Tied tie in a bow. Yes, that's what I wanted to say. Does Herman have options? Yeah. Okay. The so, option is send him into the sun. The option is DFA. <laughs> I don't think he does. Okay, so I that... I think Clark may have one. Right, so that kind of... Herman, I'm pretty sure, has none. Yeah, so that might affect things a little bit as... Herman and Aaron Hicks for Corbin Burns. Um, Straight up. Easy. But that's probably... Yeah. That, that, you know, after all this talking, that probably decides it there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Clark has options. Yeah, but if... Herman doesn't. But... Herman is that... If he's that bad, then yeah. Different story. I feel story. like the argument option also has to do with age. I did not realize this. Domingo Herman is a grandpa. He is thirty <laughs> years old. Yeah, he's a grandpa. That is crazy. He doesn't look that. I mean, good for him. Yeah, I that guess. That is. <laughs> he's been around he was, for like, how 27. long? Twenty-seven. He's been around since like twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen. Right. right. And he's only thirty years old. Like that's just. You would think he'd turn something around, but. Yeah. Guess so not. I think it's like almost like Clark. I think is twenty-seven years old. Right. So he's younger. Yeah. Comparatively. Yes. Pitchers do take longer to develop. That's kind of just like a known thing. So, I don't know. I, I get the options, but it's also when it's like at that point. Right. When you just like cut ties, say goodbye, dump them off for a team's like 39th ranked prospect. Right. Fair so enough. it's like. Yeah. Clear the spot on the 40, man. And then say that one of the Yankees' really good like pitching prospects is ready. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Keep the wheel moving, I guess. Yeah. Out you go. You got any more comments? No, that was it. Questions, that was concerns? Clark Schmidt was my main point. Um, all right. So looking at game one of a four-game series against my favorite team to play, the Minnesota Twins. Minnesota! Minnesota! Okay. Um, so the first game is at 7.05 on Thursday. We have Joe Ryan versus... Joni Burrito. Obviously, Burrito never faced twins. Right. Um, Joe Ryan, in one game start, he had four innings pitched, four earned runs. It's like, who knows? Yeah. I, I feel like that's it's a good thing, can't be a bad thing, but yeah. don't be like, don't put the house on Joe Ryan getting shelled. Yeah. Oh. Game two, Tyler. How do you pronounce his name? Mally? Mally. Tyler. Tyler, Molly. Tyler Molly. Molly? Like the drugs. We're like calling him that. Tyler Molly. Molly. 
versus Nestor Cortez. I was kind of surprised by this. In 20.2 innings pitched, Nestor Cortez has a 4.35 ERA against the Twins. Really? I think he only had like one or bad, like one or two, like one, like really one bad. blow up. Yeah. Yeah. And also, 20 innings is kind of a small sample size. Right. That's like. Um. Yeah, like two, three starts. Two. What am I talking about? Never mind. That's Never like mind. Three, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I can't math on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tyler Molly has never faced the Twins. He was All on right. the Reds for the longest time. Um, game three is at one oh. That was a seven or five game. Yeah. Game three is at one oh five on Saturday. It is Kenta Maeda versus that who should not be named. Who? Um, that who shall not be named. Domingo Herman. That who shall not be named. Domingo Herman. Kenta Maeda against the Yankees. One game started, 4.1 innings pitched, five runs. Same right. thing. That yeah. was in 2021, it said. So it's like okay. recent. But he's also kind of gotten worse since then. Right. He's kind of like the steady decline. So who Take knows it for what you will. That who should not be named in 21.1 innings pitched has a 5.48 ERA. Oh, that's good for him. We were talking – when I was – like, looking up the stat, I literally just, like, screamed across the room to Nick. It's like, why does Domingo Herman just not have good numbers against any baseball team? Because Domingo Herman is not a good baseball pitcher. And we have the inverse <laughs> of that later. Um, yeah, who knows about that. Game four, Pablo Lopez versus Garrett Cole. In his one start against the Yankees, Pablo Lopez, six innings pitched, one earned run. That was in 2018. Right. He's looked That's really what, good so four far. Four or five years ago. Yeah. Um, I think he's a bit then, of a different pitcher now. Yeah. And he's gone off to a pretty good start. Mm. So. Garrett Cole in 28 innings pitched against the Twins. He has a 3 2 1 ERA. But that, that's pretty good. Decent. He had one outing last year where he kind of had like that span of like he wasn't really him. Yeah. Where he just was not good. Is that when they, uh, what was it? Was that back to back to back? Home runs? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was in 2.1 innings. He gave up seven runs. Right. I looked up an ERA calculator. Okay. You take out those 2.1 innings pitched, he has a 1.07 ERA against them. All right. So, yeah. So, like, one blow up. One blow up. You take that out, he has absolutely elite numbers right. against them. That will be and the premier pitching. 25.2 innings. Right. That is. So, that's still, like, still good, good. That's a good chunk. Yeah. Um, and then the inverse of that should not be named. Um, I also said Aaron Judge. Why does he have good numbers against every team? Yeah. In 27 games played versus Twins, he has 300, uh, 319. A 319 <laughs> average with nine home runs. DJ LeMahieu versus Twins in 20 games, 321 average, three home runs. Everyone else, they had, like, not bad numbers, but, like, Meh. solid numbers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Nothing special. Like, pretty pretty good numbers, but nothing to, like, really. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Carlos Freya, they're, we don't know if he's playing. The Met? No. Oh, I the forgot. Giant. Oh, sorry. You played him already. Yeah. Um, I've no, been watching him this he, whole time. We don't know if he's going to play game one. It's kind of, uh, like, uh, weird. He yeah. may play the series. Who knows? I, uh, <laughs> I had a typo on my notes. I just realized. I meant to say 37 games played. I put 37 home runs. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine. Oh my god. Um a three ten average and eleven home runs. Eleven teams played thirty seven home runs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that's he's gonna kill us. Um if he plays. If he plays. Or his his yeah. ankle explodes. Uh, yeah, um it's a sweep. 
It's a, it's it's the Twins. Really? At home, I don't care. Four game, ten game, one hundred and sixty two game. It's gonna be a sweep. It's it's the Twins. The only like the only game that's in question for me is well, there's a because let's break it down game by game. Sure. Joe Ryan versus Brito. Joe Ryan, who knows with him? Brito has looked yeah. very good so far. I think the offense can do more against Joe Ryan than right. the Twins can do against yeah. Brito. I give advantage pitcher for not facing. Yeah. Tyler Molly. Solid. Nestor Cortez. I'm yeah. taking Nestor over Molly any day of the week. I'm taking the Yankees offense yeah. to hit Molly over the Twins offense to hit Nestor every day of the week. Yeah. Game three. This is like the hardest one. But I still don't. I just. I don't think Kenta Maeda just doesn't do it for me. Okay. Like, you know how there's those guys that, like... Yeah, like, they like might have good numbers, like, but, like... He doesn't even have those good numbers, though. Fair, he's like, yeah. He's, I don't want to be mean, but, like, he is pretty washed. Like, he's kind of, like, near the end of his career. He's coming like, back from Tommy John, so... I don't... He's probably on a short leash, anyways. I don't see anything there. Even though it's against Dao Shinopi named. Domingo I think he has Herman. better numbers at home. Right. Dao Shinopi named. Domingo so, Herman. I'm gonna kill you. Um, but I just... Yeah, I, that... The hardest game is Pablo Lopez versus Colt. That's going to be a pitcher's duel. And I I just don't see them hitting Colt. Okay. So it's like, you know what I mean? It's like every game you look at it and it's like. They should win. They have a significant. That's on paper. Yeah. Then you also include that the Yankees literally have a nursery set up in their house for the Twins. Because they just own them. Yeah. The Twins are their children. Like literally. Rock the baby. Rock the baby. Like, I just don't. I know. It, it's, if, they lo- if they don't win three out of four, I will be yeah. very disappointed. Right. I, if they win three out of four, it's like, eh. That's what you should do, I feel. Three out of four is like, should. Sweep is perfection, obviously. I just, sweep's almost expected for me. Okay. You don't understand. Like, High expectations. You don't understand. I don't. I can't. How, like, much of our son the twins are. Like, that game where they hit seven runs off Cole in 2.1 innings, they lost. And that was <laughs> in Minnesota. Right. So it's like... They might hit, but not going to hit as much as the Yankees. I just don't... Especially if DJ and Glaber come back. You got Franchi Cordero, who does not care. He's a man on a mission. Does not care. I just... I don't... Can't see it. I just... Yeah. Sweeper bust. Biggest nah, se- big, biggest nah, series of the season. No, nah, no, nah, I'm not going that far, but <laughs> I will be shocked if they don't win the series. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. So it's like... Yeah. That's really all I got. Right. Unless you got somewhere right. else. Uh, I think that Pablo Lopez game is going to give the Yankees a little more trouble than you might expect, but that's just my two cents. But it's also because Cole, in my opinion, should not have an earned run this year. Fair enough. So it's like... That's more. That's more of what it is. That not necessarily Lopez. Lopez is really good. I just hate Cole, especially Fair. at home. Fair. And like. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. All right. All right. High expectations. Yes. Sure. Sure. Is that all you got? Yeah, that's all. Is I it? Got. Is it time? It is time. Can, can I talk now? No. Do I have the talking stick? No. All right. We'll see you in the Queens. The talking water bottle. <laughs> see you then.
entering Queens. Queens, everybody. Where yesterday I was not very happy with how this series was going. Yes, yesterday. Yesterday. Oh, yes, yesterday. Yeah. I was thinking before that. I thought you were talking about today. But no. Yesterday I was not so happy with the series, but the Mets ended up taking two out of three from the Padres, which I think is huge. Mm -hmm. But before we get into the games, first off, injury report brought to you by Triborough MD. Dr. O'Brien. Reporting for duty. Uh, first off, we got Sam Coonrod was transferred to the 60-day IL, uh, made room for right-handed pitcher Edwin Yusida, who was claimed off of waivers, then optioned to AAA. Both of them fake names. Sure. Not real. Uh, base pitching depth. You know, nothing spectacular, but... You almost did it. Yeah. Next off, we got Omar Navaez. Uh, officially went on the 10-day IL. Uh, Francisco Alvarez was then brought up. We'll talk about him later. Jose Quintana also transferred to the 60-day to make room for Seth Elledge, who was also claimed off waivers. So, again, pitching depth. Just opening a 40-man spot, just getting a fresh arm in. Not real. Not real. Uh, next off, Justin Verlander. Not much to report, but he's still throwing. Uh, there was reduced inflammation. He's going to go to St. Lucie during the Mets' West Coast trip. So we're not going to see him during the West Coast trip, but it seems like they're aiming for end of April, beginning of May for Verlander. He should make a rehab start in St. Lucie. So that's great to see. Hopefully we have him soon. And lastly, Edwin Diaz talked to the media today for the first time since his unfortunate injury. He thinks he's going to pitch this year. He's optimistic. I'm not. I'm going to take it more cautiously optimistic. If he does, great, but I'm not expecting him to. Mm. And it's also one of those things where I don't want him to rush back at not 100%. Like, if he's coming back, he went through rehab start, he's 100%, he's ready to go. You know, I don't want, like, he's, like, 90% ready, 95% mm. ready. Like, if he's ready to go and he's pitching, he has to be 100%. But that's all I got for the injury report brought to you by Tribro MD. So now we will get into the Padres series. So game one. Wild card rematch of game one in the wild card. Max Scherzer against Yu Darvish. Yu Darvish absolutely owns the Mets. They have not won against him until this game. So first win against Yu Darvish. What a time to be alive. But first off, Max Scherzer looked a lot better, I will say. Not great, but better than what we saw in Milwaukee. He went five innings. Scoreless innings, one hit, three walks, six Ks. Not dominant, but he battled through five innings. He, he was a real grinder in that start. Mm -hmm. He's grit. Yes. He had the grit. He had the grit. It was a really gritty start from him. I'd love to see it. The bullpen from there took it. Four innings, one hit, three walks, eight Ks. Locked it down. You Darvish, like I said, first win against you Darvish. And we scored five runs against him. Which is huge. Yeah. Against you, Darvish? Yeah. Some of the, I'll talk about that in a little bit, but some of the hits against him that led to runs were a little st stupid. Stupid, lucky hits. Or not so lucky, maybe it's just skill. You decide. 
But this quick scoring summary, no crickets today. McNeil, two RBI double in the third inning to get things started. 2-0 two, Mets. Escobar added on with a sack fly, 3-0. And then Lindor topped it off with a two RBI double for himself, for himself, which made it 5 nothing Mets. Overall, fantastic game. Yeah. Three for six with runners in scoring position, which has been an issue so far, which we'll talk about in the second game. Mm. So great, great offensive production. Great showing by Scherzer. Great showing by the bullpen. Fantastic game all around. Now, the two hits I was talking about, Luis Guillorme, the best player on the planet, laid down How can you say that? the absolute perfect bunt. Perfect bunt that hugged the line and stayed fair. Aaron Judge cannot do that. No. No. Franchi Cordero. Franchi Cordero cannot do that. Yeah, because Franchi Cordero's ball is 500 feet in the seats. Well, Luis Gomez's ball was like five inches from third base, so it was. We an, know who won. Luis Guillorme. It was an absolute perfect bunt. I don't think I've seen that good of a bunt ever. It sounds so stupid, you like freaking out about a bunt, but I completely agree. It's such like, a you know what I mean. Great bunt. Yeah. <laughs> like, like you want to like you're teaching kids how to bunt in little league. You show them Luis Guillorme's at bat, and then. Tomas Nito, not another bunt, but like a swinging bunt type mm. of thing that did the exact same thing. Hugged the third base line, stayed fair. So shout out to the grounds crew. Home field advantage, everybody. Just like in between innings, they like mess with the foul lines. I know. And apparently, I just remembered, McNeil used to do like grounds work, I think at his college. So like he used to be the ones like that did all the work on the lines and everything. So he took a lot, uh, what's it called? He kind of knew what went behind mm -hmm. it. So like he was like smiling and laughing about it after yeah. the game because he knows how hard it is to get. Because what they do is they build like a microscopic trench on yeah. the line. So like if the ball gets caught in it, it kind of just stays there. And the Mets ground crew did a fantastic job. But anyways, the, the, game, Mets crew. the third baseline. Shout out to the grounds crew. What? All right. So they're not so good stuff. Let me stop talking about bunts. Game two. David Peterson against Ryan Weathers. Uh, Peterson, good outing. I think this is kind of what you're going to get from him. Kind of when I say, when we talk about McGill and Peterson, how... Peterson has that higher floor, lower ceiling. This is his floor. Mm. Five, sorry, five and two-thirds, six hits, two earned runs, two walks, six Ks. Much better than what he did in Milwaukee. And like I said, this is kind of what you expect from him. Mm -hmm. Five, six innings, two, three runs. He keeps you in the game. Yeah. And those two runs came off Manny Machado on a just fair double. Mm. So, like, if you're going to get Come beat. Come on, ground screw. I know. If you're going to get beat, you're going to get beat by someone like Machado as your, much as I. Your favorite player. Yeah, as much as I don't like him. But great outing from Peterson. Uh, after Peterson, Denny Reyes, Brooks Raley both had scoreless appearances, so they kept it close. And then the most questionable decision, I'm sorry, Dennis Santana. 
he did not have a scoreless appearance, and he gave up a two-run home run to Xander Bogarts, which made the game four to one instead of two to one, which will make more sense in a second after the scoring summary. So can a sack fly, scored Lindor, one nothing Mets. They did not score until the ninth inning off a of Josh Hader, Tommy Pham RBI single. That made the game four to two. If Dennis Santana did not give up the two-run home run, the Xander Bogarts, that's a tie game. Counter. I know what you're gonna say. Maybe. Yeah. Probably not. Probably. There's no such thing as law of predetermined outcomes. Yes. Yeah. There's no, no saying that if he doesn't give up the home yeah. run that the Mets win. But it stings that little more. Kind of like, oh, coulda, shoulda, woulda type it's thing. Not even, I'm not even saying that because like, it's Dennis Santana and we love Dennis Santana He's here. He's a great guy. But it's honestly just a thing of like, you never know if yeah. Hater implodes. Right. You know what I mean? Because it could have been a thing of like, Hater's warming up. Then the home run happens. And I don't want to say he, like, loosens up a little, but he's like, okay. You know what <sighs> okay, I mean? Okay, yeah. A little weight off his shoulders, yeah. kind of whatever. But overall thoughts, rough game overall. Mm-hmm. They had bases loaded, no outs. I think it was no outs. I believe it was no outs. Yes, it was no outs against Ryan Weathers in the First inning. How many runs do you think they scored? Yeah, zero. Bases loaded, no outs. You have to, have to, have to score at least one. At least one. And even one is, like, is still like, a, like okay. The Padres are more than okay with taking one when... When bases loaded, no outs. Yeah. But Alonso struck out. And then Canna, who I'll talk about, grouted into the weakest double play you'll ever see to end the threat. They did mm. not score until Canna hit a sack fly. Regardless, this game was really bad for the offense. They went one for eight with runners in scoring position. And I don't know what the stats are after today because they had a better game. They, are the, they have the second worst team average with runners in scoring position. At 196. Only the Kansas City Royals are worse than than the Mets of runners in scoring position. They have a 69 WRC plus. And for you, for you guys who don't know what average, I was gonna be like, no. For you guys that don't know what WRC plus is, think of it as 100 is average. So below 100 is below average. Anything that says plus is a 100. 100 is always average. So if they have a 69 WRC plus basically means they are 31% worse than the average team yeah. with runners in scoring position. And the reason why we use like a lot of plus stats is that year to year they're better yeah. because they account for like park factors, um, overall offense overall in the offense, league, like that year compared to league average. Right. So if you hear us mention the plus stats, it's almost because like they're better overall. Yes. When Yes. So. But really, really bad runners in scoring position. They had an, a lot of opportunities. When I say a lot, they had a lot of opportunities. They didn't cash in with any of them. And I remember when Tommy Pham was lead off in like the third game of the season, 
and I was like, oh, I'm never going to question Buck's decision-making again. Dennis Santana in the eighth inning in a one-run game? I'm sorry. Dennis Santana is our guy. But he's also young. He's, like, not proven. You have guys that have a lot more experience. Right. And I looked at it. No one else had no days of no one else had enough days of rest. Everyone else pitched the day before. Mm-hmm. So I know he said in the past he doesn't want to pitch guys back-to-back days. But throwing Dennis Santana like that, when he's had two rough appearances before that, he's been a bit wild. He's been letting up runs. His ERA is over eight now. You're putting him in basically top of the order mm-hmm. in a one-run game. It's, you're punting the game at that point. Yeah. Again, who knows what happens if they put someone else and they don't. Bogarts doesn't hit the two-run home run. Who knows what happens? But are you kidding me? Yeah, no, I definitely agree on that. I also don't like the back-to-back days thing. I feel like that's not – if you only went one inning, I don't have an issue with that. Yeah, neither do I. I feel like you could go back-to-back days, but not any more than that. Yeah, definitely. Like, like you could go two out of three, but you cannot go three in a row. No, definitely not. I, I didn't look at how many pitches the guys threw, but regardless – was not the correct move. Mm. And then Francisco Alvarez got the start in this game. He looked completely overmatched. It could be nerves. I'm going to write it off as nerves. It could also just be the best closer in baseball. Right. But even before that, he went 0 for 4 with 3 Ks. One of them striking out to end the game against Josh Hader. Striking out on 7 balls. He never threw him a strike. Alvarez never saw a strike in the Josh Hader at bat. He swung at a ball at his head, like at his head level. I'm going to write it off as nerves. I think Alvarez is not up here because he's ready. Alvarez is up here because out of necessity because Narvaez went down. So, look, he's not a bust. I'm not freaking out. Talked to me yesterday, and I was going for his head. But... He's not a bust. What was it, his second game played? Third game played? Yeah, somewhat second like, start of this gotta, year. So gotta calm yeah, down. he needs time. You look at I just want to go on a mini yeah. tangent here. You look at last year, the best rookies from last year, all of them had abysmal like first ten games. Right. Like Julio, I think, wasn't even hitting two hundred. No, he was striking out like exactly. every other at bat. So you gotta like give them time. Like, right. almost another rookie that I could think of that people are overreacting about, but you need to calm down. Continue. He needs the ABs, but it doesn't seem that Buck wants to give it to them, to him. I'll talk about it a little bit more in a few after the last game. Game two was very winnable game. They had their chances, so it was very frustrating. On to the good things. Today's game, game three, Tyler McGill. Five innings, three hits, three walks, three Ks. Perfect. Not yeah. perfect, but one I, – sorry, I didn't put this in. Two earned runs. One mistake pitch to Juan Soto, an outside fastball who he, that he pulled. You can't – it's – It's Juan Soto. Say what you want about him, that he's struggling. It's Juan Soto. You don't – it's – Yeah. He was struggling with his fastball command at first, but he kind of settled in nicely. But five innings, two earned runs, you take that every day of the week. For your essentially seventh starter. starter. Right. Uh, going up against him, Blake Snell. Another Blake Snell masterclass of a start. 
He surpri- lefty. surprisingly, yeah, lefty. Surprisingly went six innings, but five walks, five Ks, four runs. Welcome to the Blake Snow experience. They ran a lot on him. Like he's if I remember from the Rays, he is very slow. Yeah. He's still a bit slow. So, so that which made me look at the Mets are fourth in stolen bases. Mm-hmm. They're twelve for thirteen. They've mm-hmm. been caught once. Something to look at. I I like what I'm seeing. But scoring summary, uh, a Nimmo quote-unquote double, little miscommunication in the outfield from Gold Glover Juan Soto. Nimmo double scores Fam. Lindor hits a home run. Pete hits a home run. Nimmo RBI single. Fam RBI single. Mets win 5-2. to two. Great game. Good mm-hmm. game. There were some missed opportunities, I will say. They went 4 for 12 for runners in scoring position. That's still, Not bad. That's good. That's good. That's 333. Right. But 12 opportunities is kind of like, there could have been more is what I'm getting at. I don't want to be greedy. I don't care. You, what, you take 4 for 12? That's great. When the Yankees led the league in 2019 with runners in scoring position, that, they hit, I think, like 320 over the season. So that's, you know what I mean? And that was, like, historically good runners in scoring position. All right. Maybe maybe I am being greedy. You're being a bitch. Maybe I'm being greedy. But some missed opportunities. I think today's game showed what their philosophy is, like, the best. They took their walks. They ran on Snell. They're not going to hit home runs except for Lindor and Pete. They're not going to, like, outplay you by power. They're going to squeeze you to death. They're going to make you overthink. They're going to make you, should I throw this pitch? Oh, wait, this guy might steal. It makes you get into the pitcher's head, make him work faster, make him kind of lose his rhythm. Mm. That's what the Mets philosophy is. the way to get around it, ignore him. Exactly. But But if you do it well enough, they can. Yes. So I think today's game was a great showing of what the philosophy is. And look, you took two out of three from the Padres, who just took three out of four from the Braves. So a Kind of hot Padres lineup came the in. The Braves look like the best team in the National League before that Padres series. Right. And Padres came out of it a little hot, and you shut them down for two out of three games. It was also like almost like a little grudge match, too. Right, so after like, the wild card series. So wish they could have done that in October. But regardless, good series. Game two was... It was the inverse, right? The playoffs? Yeah. You guys lost one loss? Yeah, lost one loss. Anyways. Don't, don't, don't make me remember. I Going back to the Dennis Santana move, I think that is an unfortunate occurrence because you're not getting length out of your starters. Uh-huh. Scherzer went five innings. Peterson went five and two-thirds. McGill went five innings. That's like, what? Pierce and McGill, you can't really blame, but like no. Scherzer's got to like here, start. Scherzer, yes. McGill was at 81 pitches, and they took him out. I think Buck just didn't want him to face Soto a third time. I don't really blame him on that one, but right. You want him to face Soto, Bogarts, Machado for a third time? No, I know. But I do want to see a little bit more length from them because I feel like this bullpen is being taxed heavily pretty early which is why you have Dennis Santana pitching the eighth on a one-run game 
And I know April's the time to test relievers. Who's going to break out? Who ha who's going, who can you trust to put in those situations? Unfortunately, it does not seem like Dennis Santana's your guy. He has filthy stuff, just needs to work on his walks. I want to see more length just because of the bullpen, just so we don't have another Des Dennis Santana situation. Mm -hmm. My next thing pains me to say. I know I've, I talk about it all the time. Escobar, man. Four for 39. He's hitting 103. How long's the leash? Yeah. You know? You got... You got, you got guys knocking on the door. Mm. You have the guy walk, knocking on the door. Beatty came back from... He's not knocking on it. He has, like, a SWAT ram. And he's yeah, like, he's ramming down the, the door. It's the meme of, like, the SWAT ram, and then Locke is a Cheeto. Yeah. But, no, I mean, the young guys are, are up and coming. Yesterday, they all hit a home run. By all of them, I mean, the essentially big three, I... Would want to call them. Brett Beatty, Mark Vientos, Ronnie Mauricio. All hit home runs yesterday. Beatty's back from his thumb injury. He was only sidelined one or two games. So in 23 at-bats, small sample size in AAA, he's hitting 391, on-base percentage of 481, slugging 870, good for a 1.351 OPS. He has hit three home runs. Mark Vientos, 33 at-bats. He's hitting 333, 421 on base, 636 slugging, 1.057 OPS. He's hit three home runs. Ronnie Mauricio, who is the least likely to be called up, 36 at-bats. He's hitting 361, 439 on base, 806 slugging, 1.254 OPS. He's hit four home runs. That's three guys right there who could technically take Escobar's spot already. Yeah. So how long's the leash? Yeah. What do you think? He has one more year left on his deal? He has a year with an option left. I, you know my opinion on why Baby's not on the roster yet. Yeah. I believe he should be. Yes. I think they're just trying to manipulate the service time. I think whenever that date is, I think Escobar is Denaire right. and Beatty will take it up. over. I just think you got you guys are gonna have to suffer for another two weeks, whatever it is. Yeah, I'm I'm giving it till the end of the West Coast trip, which is two one and a half weeks ish. Mm. Like end of April essentially is when they're back home. I'm giving it until then. If Escobar doesn't perform if he doesn't show some sign of life, I mean, four for 39, that's it's an automatic out at that point. And you already Easy have... Easy out, Escobar. Yeah. I hate to say it. And you already have... If you're not going to give a lot of playing time to Alvarez at catcher, you have Nito at catcher, who's also not a great hitter. So they're hitting 8-9. Mm -hmm. So that's two almost easy outs. You pretty much two rally killers. Yeah. Pretty much have the pitcher back there. I know. I mean, look, at, for DH, Tommy Pham's been serviceable. Look, he. Well, I'm not, I'm not saying in that sense. 
I'm oh, saying how, like, the pitcher was essentially an easy out. Oh, yeah. Like, you pretty much don't have a DH in that sense. Oh, yeah, yeah, You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Okay. Where, like, no. you just have, like, that easy out in that. Right. The guy who bunts the other guys across, which Escobar's been doing, which Nito's been doing. So are you really going to just have two pitchers yeah. in the bottom of your lineup? And I think... And you just cut one in Darren Ruff. Right. And I don't remember exactly the stat, but the Mets' 6 through 9 hitters have like a 630 OPS. It's not good. Not good. Which brings me to and another... And offense seems to be higher this year yeah. as well. So it's like... I know. Which brings me to my next point. I don't care if it's a lefty. I don't care if it's a righty. I don't care if he's throwing backwards. Mark Hanna is not a five-hole hitter. Yeah. Jeff McNeil is a five-hole hitter. Jeff McNeil has proven time and time again he can hit whoever the hell is on that mound. Yeah. The one through five in that lineup is Nimmo, Marte, Lindor, Pete, McNeil. Whatever order you want to do it. I don't care. I think that's... that's. But you think that's I the think good that's five? Like, yeah, I think that's... That's the five? I don't... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe, like, swap Nimmo for McNeil just because, like, that contact guy. Yeah. But I think that Nimmo is better at getting on base. So it's, Definitely. like... Definitely. And that's also just, like... Nitpicking? Nitpicking. Right. Like, if I had to change something, maybe that, yeah. but... I mean, I have a lukewarm take I'll get into in a second, but... I don't care if it's a lefty. Marcana should not be hitting fifth. And with that, Marcana has not been off to a great start. Mom, I'm sorry. I know you love him. He's not off to a great start. And look, Marcana isn't... I like the guy. Let me just start the, that off first. He's not anything special. You know, he's a right-handed Nimmo with less power, and he doesn't hit as much as Nimmo. What's on base? Yeah, like... He's, he's the dollar <laughs> store right-handed Nemo. Yeah, and look, he's good no, as he's a ninety-nine cent store. <laughs> he's good at like a six, seven hitter. I don't think he should be lower than that. But he's not your five-hole hitter. He's not the guy who should be protecting Pete, because the past two games they played were against lefties, so they had Pete, Canna, McNeil. Pete got on base, say Canna struck out, McNeil got on base. He's a little common denominator there. Who's getting on base? Now, if this is nitpicking at this point, I want to see, or I would be interested in a different lineup. I'd want to see, I think Nimmo's your leadoff guy, whatever. Nimmo, Lindor, McNeil, Alonzo Marte. I was thinking some like Lindor too. I, I think Lindor hits better in the two hole. My only thing with that is now you have you could have three lefties in a row. Where it's like Oh what well, Nimmo, Lindor, McNeil? I, I just I think it's I, I just I don't at this point in how baseball is played today, it doesn't matter anymore. You know what I mean? The hand, handedness, I feel like doesn't, that's why I'm okay, like, uh, Pete Marte, righty, righty. But I also think it's a thing of, like, think about how now you have to face three hitters, 
Right. That lets lefties off the hook a lot more. Right. If they know they're coming in to face, like, Nimmo, Lindor, McNeil. We're, like, granted, like, they're still very good players, but Lindor is a lot better from the left side. Um, Canna, obviously a lefty. McNeil, obviously a lefty. So, like, yeah, even though they can still hit lefties, it's not – you'd much rather them face a righty. So I think that's yeah. almost like giving them, like, okay, we could use our righties here. We could use our lefties here. And right. there really should be no issue. Okay. This is where that's the only yeah only issue I have. About so Lindor for his career batting second has a seven seven ninety eight OPS batting third he has a seven eighty eight so it's like that's a toss up what you whatever you prefer but it just seems that every time Lindor hits second he produces a little bit more and look he had over hundred RBIs last year for a reason in that three hole but it's just one of those things where like. If the offense isn't in a groove, change it up a little. You know, in the game that they, the first game against Darvish, they had Lin, uh, Nimmo, Lindor, McNeil, Alonzo, because Marte was out. Mm-hmm. Scored five runs. I know today they also scored five runs with, Marte, with that Nimmo, Marte, Lindor, Pete, Canna. But it's just something that if the offense starts to, like, subside a little bit, it's a change I would not be opposed to seeing. Like I said, I think that one through five is set. It's just the order that you can mm. play around with. Well, it should be set. Yeah, it should be set. But, I mean, look, these prospects are knocking on the door. Mm. Again, I give Escobar till the end of the West Coast trip. And then we'll go from I there. I until the service time date. Which that I, should be about the same, maybe another couple of days. Yeah. But, but speaking of the West Coast trip, the Mets are going on the West Coast, if you're going to tell. Really? Yeah. So, basically, it's, I feel like this usually happens in June. This seems very early this year. But Mets are going to West Coast. First up, we got Oakland. Then they're going to the Dodgers. Then they're going to the Giants. But, again, first off, Oakland Athletics. Please sweep. Please sweep. Please. It's a three-game series? Three games. The only thing I will say is that stadium is so just horrible yeah. that don't feel bad if you don't sweep. No, I know. They they played last year, which is like in the Coliseum. Which I feel like it's one of the few games I've seen them play in the Coliseum. That stadium sucks the life out of you. We could, we could have a whole episode about the st- <laughs> how, yeah. how bad the stadium is. Forget about the... Go, team. Go, yeah. Go. So the first game, Senga versus Cap Capriellen. 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 Main piece of the Sunny Gray trade. Right. The Mets never faced him, and obviously the Athletics have never faced Senga. His numbers are sandbagged so. by facing the Yankees. Really? Like they're lower than they should be because he just kills the Yankees. Like everyone really? else he sucks against. Yes. Go figure. So not much to talk about there. Uh, Sangas looked really good at first two starts, so <laughs> the ghost fork. I love what I'm seeing from him so far, so I hope he continues it. I think he's going to be great. Then next up, we got Carrasco versus Fujinami. That's a fun name. It would have been nice if it's Sanga versus Fujinami. I was, th- I was thinking that. Little yeah. Japanese action. Japanese versus Japanese. 
Uh, Don't they call him out Fuji? Isn't that like his nickname? Not do Fuji? they? I'm pretty sure that's like his nickname. But Fujinami, not a great start to his MLB career. Obviously, the Mets have never faced him. The uh, Angels, um, they uh. Yeah, they hit him. A they bit. climbed Mount Fiji. They did, and the Athletics have never faced Carrasco. So, really? or very little were like That's kinda the the players who are now playing in gotcha. Athletics have never faced him. So nothing to talk about there. <laughs> and lastly, Max Scherzer versus J.P. Sears. Yankee that's, legend. That's your guy. Three-fifths of the the athletics rotation is Yankees. Yeah, I know. Uh, J.P. Sears, they faced once, which was last year, when they went to Oakland. He went three and two-thirds, eight hits, six earned runs. He's a lefty, though. So, again, lefties. But it's the athletics. Man. Yeah. It's the athletics. This, this is where I say... <laughs> A, a no sweep would be unfortunate. Yes. They are really bad. They are bad. But, no buts. They're really bad. Turn they, the lights off before you leave. That yeah, bad. Yeah. But, um, because it's the West Coast, these are some late games, so I will be staying up. God I'll be knows trying to sleep, and I'll just hear yeah. screams. No, I, I'll be good. I'll be like, <laughs> I'll, like, whisper scream. Like, <laughs> And anyway. then you throw something against the wall. Yeah, then all I hear is just a... But regardless, Oakland Athletics, not a great baseball team. The Mets, a good baseball team. Sweep. Please. Please. Both teams, we should be we should be 7-0 by the yes. end of this weekend. Yes, for our, men more so my mental health, I feel. Yes. Sweep the Athletics. Yes. Please. Yes. But without that... We're after that. Look, the Mets took two out of three from the Padres. I can't be mad. Game two, I feel, was very winnable. This could have easily, not going to say easily, but easily could have been a sweep. Mm. But two out of three against a really good Padres team. The sweep was doable. Sweep was doable. That's a better way to put it. But two out of three is great. Uh, take it. Thank you. The season is not over. The season's not over. We're back on. Yes. So with that being said, do you have any closing thoughts on the Mets? Mm, nah. Besides, Beatty should be a starting third baseman. I think no. I, I think he should. They're gonna do the stupid service, service time. time manipulation. They need to figure a way out. Yeah. So MLB, that's a big issue they, with MLB in the first place. I mean, they but, already tried. I mean. But, and it's worked for the most part, except for the Mets. But. Yeah. It's funny that you guys said screw it with Alonzo. I know Before, when when there was no incentive. Was no yeah, you know, if you guys didn't know, if you if a team brings a if they're top, on their opening day roster. Yeah, I think there's like a little leeway. I think it's like opening day plus two weeks. Mm -hmm. If a top prospect, I think, has to be ranked top a hundred in like two or three publications. Well, they have to be a top prospect. Yes, if they are on your opening day roster, if they finish first or second. Sorry, top two. If they finish top two, you get a Dra draft pick. In MV in rookie of the year, top three in Cy Young, top three in MVP. Right. You get a draft pick. A late first round comp draft yes. pick. Which can be traded. I which, think that's yeah, pretty that's, interesting. That is interesting. But yeah, so that kind of incentivizes other teams, except the Mets apparently. But regardless, great series. Off day tomorrow. Start on Friday in Oakland. 
That's all you got. But That's thank you guys for watching and listening. Remember to subscribe. Follow us on Spotify, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We forgot YouTube. Subscribe on YouTube. YouTube. Rate us on Spotify. Yes. Leave a comment. Leave a like. Tweet at us. Tweet at us. <laughs> uh, but again, thank you guys for listening and watching. And uh, we'll catch you in the next one. Bye, Mom. Bye, Dad. Love you guys. Bye. Bye-bye Bye. now.